Welcome to the Digital Ecology Podcast. Here we create a window into the backstory of technology adoption in England's National Health Service. I'm your host, Victoria Betton. Today, I'm joined by Natalie Hayes, who's a Chief Nursing Information Officer in a large acute trust in the Northwest, a really big trust that recently merged two hospitals together. And I'm really curious to hear Natalie's take from a nursing perspective on technology within the NHS, to hear a bit about career progression, because Natalie's fairly early in her career and has landed a really senior, interesting role. And I'm really curious to hear what she's got to say about what life is like for nurses in the NHS, what sort of technologies they have available to them, what's working well, what's not working so well, and also where she'd like to see things um, go in the future. So welcome, Natalie. It's lovely to have you here with me on my podcast today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Natalie, I want to hear all about what it's like being a CNIO, so a Chief Nursing Information Officer. I want to hear about your background, about how you got into what is quite a new sort of role within the NHS. And then I want to really dig into um, what life is like for nurses in uh, the NHS using digital technology, because I'm guessing things are moving on. uh, Well, at least I hope they're moving on relatively rapidly. Uh, Before we get into all of that, Natalie, tell me about your current role as a CNIO, what that means and what life is like for you, your working life is like as a CNIO. And then we'll hear a bit about your background and what got you to this point. Sure. So I have been in post as a CNIO for three years now. Um, And basically what the role of the CNIO in the NHS is being an advocate um, for both nurses and also for digital transformation. So I see myself as a translator who sits between the nursing world and the IT world. Um, So that brings with it lots of varying responsibilities. There's a big focus on projects, new systems, rolling those out but also making sure that those systems work well for our nurses so not just the actual usability of the system but we're looking at the data that's coming out of the system how are we using the data and is the front end side of the system that the nurse is using is that right for them is it user friendly is it going to work in a clinical environment is it safe so i have responsibilities around the clinical safety of our systems too i do bau business as usual so maintaining what we've currently got out there as well um and regular review of safety um lots of communication i think communication is the biggest part of my role and adapting the way that I communicate depending on who I'm communicating with so that might be patients if we're looking at a patient portal system it might be registered nurses it could be healthcare assistants um, it could be anybody within our um, hospital structure so sometimes I deal with executives um, and it can also be IT colleagues so within the hospital or also suppliers so yeah it's a really really varied role no two days look the same um, but it's actually really really fun and I feel like uh, when I first was interested in this role I went and had a meeting with our CCIO and who's fantastic and and he, I, I was quite hesitant about stepping out of clinical practice and he'd explain that you know in clinical practice absolutely you save lives you make differences to that individual in front of you at that time but through digital transformation and digital healthcare clinical informatics you can actually save 
hundreds of lives and have a huge wider impact so yeah and and i see that coming true every single day um and i'd say that's kind of it in a nutshell there's lots more to it um which i'm sure we'll get into as we go along but yeah that's kind of it i would say yeah and and where do you from a like a governance point of view are are you part of the digital team but then you also have some like nursing professional accountability as well Yes, so I'm directly accountable to our Director of Informatics and she is my line manager, but I am also have a dotted line to our Director of Nursing, so I'm clinically accountable to her. Um, Part of my role is that I need to maintain my nursing registration. So I'm still registered with the NMC and and for any role with the title of nursing, you have to be an NMC registrant, so I need to keep my reg, um, but I I do sit within, within both worlds. So I sit, as I say, between both, so lots of my workload is within IT but also lots of it is around around the nursing workforce too so I do sit over both. And tell us about your background because there's not an obvious career path for anyone actually in the NHS working in digital I would say but but in particular for clinicians so just give us a flavour of, of your background and maybe what was it about the digital side of things that interested you? Yes, so I qualified as a nurse in 2009 um, and I held posts in acute medicine and also then went on to work on um, intensive care for a time. So I did my a few years in acute clinical practice. I was then lucky enough to get a research post in diabetes um, because I'd become very interested in diabetes at that time. So I did a couple of years as a research nurse and then was, was progressed to become a diabetes specialist nurse and my role and response responsibilities expanded I moved up the bands and became a a team leader but my role in diabetes covered inpatient so I did acute people who were very poorly with the diabetes I also did outpatients and I also set up a new community service covering primary care so that role gave me a, a, a real view of the primary secondary care how those parts flow into one another and then I became very interested in in diabetes technology so wearable tech such as insulin pumps and sensors um, remote monitoring that we were doing for people with diabetes and that's where the interest in tech really came in I was still in my DSN post during COVID so that was when we really started to see the the value of digital and and what that was doing for our patients and then this role um, the CNIO role was advertised in the trust that I was working in and I thought oh that sounds very much like the the direction I'm heading always love tech and I could see the tangible benefits of it there and then and what it was literally doing for our patients day to day I was super passionate about it um, and that that's how it came to be so you that's super interesting to me that you um, it was your work in diabetes that led you to start to see the potential of digital and I don't know if you've come across in America the we are not waiting movement which was a group of parents of of children with I think type 1 diabetes who created a closed loop pancreas and they hacked it didn't they they hacked um, yeah had the uh the the technology and um yeah you know I'm sure a clinical safety officer officer would pass out <laughs> if they saw it at the time but I thought that was really interesting that 
parents and families were saying, actually, we're not waiting for the technology to be created by companies. We're going to have a go at it ourselves. What what did you see then in terms of just talk to me a bit about the world of diabetes and what, what you saw there in terms of digital technology? Yeah, so I worked as in the diabetes area for nine years. Um, from when I started, I could see huge leaps of transformation over that time. And I'm I'm not sure of any other clinical specialism that has seen so much transformation in such a short amount of time. It was fascinating to see. Um, and I literally saw patients who were newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, we would rapidly get them onto pumps and sensors in the later years of, of my diabetes career compared to when I first started. And we had those people using multiple daily injections and having to finger prick for blood. So just for me, the quality of life for those patients, those huge improvements that I was seeing in real time and the feedback that we would get from those patients was mind-blowing. We were literally changing those people's lives every single day and all the time the tech was improving so the first insulin pumps I saw looked a bit like a pager and people would wear them on the belt and near the end of my time there people were wearing these tiny patch pumps and I would look after young adults so patients from the age of 18 to 25 and when you've got young girls and we are on Merseyside and they like to dress up. They love to go out and party and they wanted to wear something discreet. They didn't want an insulin pump that everybody could see. And just the transformation for those people in their lives was unbelievably good to see. And, and as I say, as we headed into COVID, um, I managed patients who were pregnant with diabetes and I was able to, they, they were then shielding because they were clinically extremely vulnerable. They needed to stay at home. So I would do video clinics with them and they could upload their blood glucose reading so I could remotely review them and use two-way text messaging to advise them what to do with their insulin. So we were protecting that very high-risk group from coming into hospital at a time of the pandemic. So again, and we did that so rapidly, you know, in in response to COVID and protecting those patients and their unborn babies. Um, It was, you know, really, really positive to see. So just, as I say, absolute leaps and bounds during those nine years. And and in, in the three years, since I've left I still keep in touch with my diabetes colleagues and there's a little bit of overlap with my job that I do now some of the things that they're telling me that they're doing and you know the impact on patients quality of life I think quality of life is the main one but also they're improving their outcomes for diabetes they're reducing diabetes complications because with the closed loop technology people are able to run their diabetes control so much tighter without the risk of experiencing hypos which could be you know really unpleasant for people so it it's just that quality of life and reduction of, of, of complications. It's fantastic to see. And do you think, uh, what's your experience with COVID? As you sort of intimated, a lot of the governance sort of fell away and people could move really quickly, sort of out of necessity, really. Has that sort of pace managed to sustain itself or have things pulled back a bit or settled? What's your experience? I've heard lots of different points of view on this topic and I, I get a sense that that fast pace of change just can't be sustained. It's it's too intense. But actually, some of the gains we might have made haven't always sustained themselves. What's your experience now, Natalie? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like the pace has slowed compared to what it was in COVID. Um, and I think that there's several reasons for that. We also have the recovery plan that we're needing to prioritise now. So we're kind of going a little bit backwards to recover, you know, where we were. And that is really important. I do feel like it's slowed, but I am a big believer in governance and safety and doing things in the best way 
way that we can. Um, so I think it has slowed for sometimes for the right reasons. But what we haven't lost, I don't think, is that understanding of what digital can do. I think before COVID, some of it was a hard sell, in particular things like um, video clinics for patients. I think people just didn't really see the benefits of that until we rolled it out. And then once it was out there, the benefits were huge. As I say, in particular, my key group of patients that I was looking after were were, were pregnant patients. A lot of them are, of most of them are, are working, they're of working age. And for them, coming into hospital and parking for an appointment, and all that it's faff you've got to take time out of work if you can do it remotely it's so much better for people's work-life balance and you know especially that group who often got young children as well it's a juggling act um so I think we really really saw the benefits and I think when I speak to clinical colleagues now a lot of the transformation that we put in during COVID we're really really they can now see the benefits the benefits became real um so I don't think that we've lost that pace but I think that the pace that we roll things out has slowed down a bit but, but probably for the right reasons yeah and no, that makes perfect sense so let's just go back to career progression because you're you're relatively young aren't you Natalie in terms of having a really senior role like a CNAO role how easy is it for nurses to get into these sorts of roles and it sounded like it was a, a spark of interest that that got you keen on on the role but I don't feel like there's a, a, a clear career progression for nurses just talk me through um, where you think we are in terms of attracting nurses into these sorts of roles and then where you would like to see us get to so I think where we are I think for myself as a a reasonably early in my career person to come into the position that I am I think for me my kind of strongest selling point was I was very lucky um, in my previous role that I could get a master's degree I think that is kind of puts people in a stronger position when applying for these more senior roles and I can see the NHS is moving more that way I am seeing a lot more requirements about higher level qualification so for me I think that that was a strength and also my previous background of working across different areas I think that's a real strength for nurses if you wanted to move forward not to just stick in one area I think if you can get that inpatient outpatient community background to say actually I really understand the healthcare system as a whole that is really powerful and that will help you going into a more strategic position such as this because I can't just have a narrow view although I am in the hospital I can't just look at the hospital I've got to look at primary care community what's going going on in the ICS what's coming down from the centre and so on all those things are really really important so I think for anybody interested in a position like this that real widespread knowledge is is super super important I think it's a real mixed bag at the moment and I would say that the CNIO role nationally doesn't have a very specific job description it seems to be what the different organizations think that that role should be and because of that there's a huge disparity in banding it's very very diverse um, all across the country really so depending on what level the role is is at I think that will depend on who your applicants are going to be but I'd also say to to nurses just apply you're not going to lose anything by applying get that experience the just applying and going through the process of doing an application form is really good experience as is interviewing and and I've done lots of applications and lots of interviews for jobs that I've not got um but in that position I've asked them for feedback and and that feedback's allowed me to work on myself and develop myself I think moving forward 
as we become more and more digitally mature, the NHS as a whole, I think that there will be a, a more of a structured career path into posts like this. Every other CNIO I know has literally said they've fallen into the role, all of them. I've not met one who said, yes, I've always yeah, wanted to be a CNIO too. because the role's actually, yeah, yeah. It, it's not existed for very long. It's a brand new role. It's only really in the last kind of five, six, seven years that it's even existed. So there isn't that clear path. But I think as we develop more and I think as more clinical staff get their hands on digital systems, like I was lucky enough to see the clinical benefits in my previous specialist role, I think we will see more and more of that. People will gain more of an understanding of the digital and the benefits and that will lead them into roles like this. And if I was a nurse thinking about a career leading towards a CNIO role, but I wasn't that techie, what would you say to me if I was worried that I wasn't techie enough? I would say do not let that hold you back. I I wasn't techie. I was using the systems, but I certainly didn't know the techie language. And when I started my first week in informatics, I felt like when I was an 18-year-old student nurse mm-hmm. on a ward for the very first time. And I heard a handover and it sounded like it was in a completely different language. And that is what IT is. It's a different language. But I would also say as a nurse, you've also learned that nursing language too you can learn this one don't let that hold you back because I don't think that being techie is by any stretch the most important part of being a CNIO I think the most important part of being a CNIO is being a good communicator to whoever it may be that you're communicating with and that you've got a really solid understanding of of operational processes and structures in the area where where you are being CNIO I think if you've got that background and you know how the system works you know how your nurses work and you know how to keep those patients safe that's the grounding that you need techie you can learn and if not you can ask the right people (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's really good to hear actually and then that means it's the sort of role that's open to a much wider group of people as well so let's talk about digital literacy then or digital capabilities and I always have this sort of suspicion that we talk about there not being great digital literacy amongst nurses for example but really what we've got is an issue of usability of systems that aren't that easy um, to use but I could be wrong what's your take on in general in your experience the digital capabilities as HE used to call it of nursing staff? I think that you are right Victoria I think sometimes it comes down to usability because when I go and have chats with staff who might be struggling with systems and they'll say oh I'm not techie I don't like computers and I'll tend to say well do you order things from Amazon do you order stuff online yes they absolutely can yes they can use a smartphone and when their phone upgrades and it looks and feels different they find ways around it just as when our upgrades go in it looks and feels a little bit different I think sometimes it's that user experience side but sometimes I also think that there's a fear of the new and I think because there's patients on the end of what they're doing I think sometimes there's a fear that they might do it wrong and that might somehow cause harm so I I think that there's different elements I think sometimes the systems that we use in the NHS they are complex because they're doing really complex things and they're not going to look and feel like a mobile phone for example but I do think there's kind of two things there's the user experience but I also think there's a confidence element and fear of you know well if I type this in wrong it might that the patient might become harmed at the end of it and 
if you've worked your whole life as a nurse or your whole career as a nurse and everything that you've done is paper and you've become very comfortable with that and you're also acutely aware of the level of responsibility that you carry and the risk that's involved in your day-to-day work I think that any kind of change or introduction of change is understandably quite scary so I think those are things that we also need to factor into digital literacy I think there's yes we can teach people how to use Outlook and we can teach them how to push buttons but I think there's also that other side of it is the safety side of it and and discussing that so myself and my team we actually teach all of our new healthcare assistants and nurses who join our organisation we teach them how to use our clinical digital systems so historically that was done by our IT trainers who were brilliant, they would teach the staff how to log in and use the system but what they weren't talking about was kind of the background clinical algorithms and things like that and and I don't think that that the staff had that in-depth understanding Um, so me and my team we, we talked to them as nurses we explained the clinical side to the system and what that means and I'm hoping and the feedback that we're getting so far is that that is giving them more confidence so I think that that's really key in addressing digital literacy challenges is education and support and and speaking their their clinical language really and it's not just about here's this feature and here's this function and click here it's contextualizing the technology in a clinical workflow and clinical practice that is a really interesting insight so you'd advocate for nurses training nurses doctors training nurses uh, sorry doctors training doctors so that you've got that peer and that professional understanding conveyed as well as the more technical side of things absolutely I think that's really really key Mm -hmm. Um, I think we need to we need to stop seeing IT as other in the NHS and seeing it as and that's what I explained to the nurses when I train them out I say you've got to treat this iPad the same as you would your machine that delivers an IV infusion this is just as much of your clinical care kit as a dressing as a bag of fluids as a cannula it's just as important and I think the more that we deliver that message and we treat this as part of our world this is part of the nursing world now we need to treat it as part of that and not other IT it's absolutely part of what we do every Every single day. And if you were um, describing uh, a typical inpatient ward, what sort of digital technology would a nurse be using on a ward, for example? Just give us a, f- a flavour of the different types of technology that they would be encountering. Yeah, so in, in the organisation I work in, um, lots. So there's there's iPads, which they will use to import kind of general observations about the patient. They might have a computer on wheels, which is usually a laptop on a little workstation that they can wheel about and use at the patient's bedside. The usual fixed PCs. There's also medical devices such as blood glucose meters that then upload the readings into our patient's electronic record. The blood pressure machines, they're all digital. Our infusion set, even the mattresses that the patients are using they you know the pressure reliever mattresses they they have software in them that moves them around and all that business so every single thing that they touch and then even in areas like theatres and intensive care there's even more complex digital kit on there so yeah your average nurse on an average ward I would say is probably touching a digital system of some fashion for about 50% of their shift. Gosh, that's that's such an interesting way of putting it. And is all the technology helping nurses be as efficient and as productive as they could be? Or is some of the, in my experience, some of the technology is doing that, but some of it is actually creating 
extra work because it's not so intuitive or usable or because systems don't talk to each other. So you end up with double data entry, for example. So where do you think we are in terms of usability? And then I just wonder whether you could say a bit about where you'd like to see things, because we could automate so much more, even observations can, of course, be completely automated. So there's no inputting at all, for example. Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying there, Victoria. I think some of the systems that we've got are fantastic, that they do loads of things to make our nurses' lives easier. Um, in particular, some of our observation systems and the, the algorithms within there that will advise a member of staff. Also, electronic prescribing and drug administration, um, really intuitive stuff in there to prevent any drug errors, which is super, super important. However, I agree that our elements of the systems that can lead to some duplication in workflows and that's kind of the last thing that we want it's it is down to that lack of intuition between systems for me where I would like things in an ideal world is for a nurse to for example observations I'd like them to complete a patient set of observations and all of that information to be automated and pulled right through and then to have some decision logic and support to say you know your patient's heart rate is slightly high would you like to contact the doctor to review this and then you can just say yes please do that and off it goes that's what I would like I would like full automation I'd also like you know again taking it down to observations but if if I've completed that set of observations that's then recorded in the patient's record I then don't have to go back and do any kind of duplication Um, that is what I would like and I would love that decision logic in the background to support staff with not doing the clinical thinking for them absolutely not but just supporting it less clicks making life easier for them to reduce their time of documentation burden because documentation burden is absolutely huge for nurses and all everybody working in healthcare we generally go into healthcare because we want to look after the patients we want to be hands-on we want to be doing the right things for the patient we don't then want to be writing the story all about it we just want to do the job and I think any technology that allows nurses and any healthcare professional to just do the job and it does the documentation for them in the future that would be the absolute dream I would love that <laughs> and just building on that point then um, thinking about that future world that you'd like to see how do you involve nurses in looking at the different types of software out there in procuring software just talk to me a bit about either how it is at the moment or how you'd like to see it because I guess the only way to get technology that really works for nurses is is for nurses to either be involved in designing and developing the technology or assessing it and and being involved in its implementation as well. Absolutely. So what we try and do in the organisation I work in is we have allocated link nurses. So all acute clinical areas have a named nurse there who has a special interest in digital. Um, And they come along and they work with my team. We encourage them to do things like system testing. I'd love to get them involved in procurement when we go down those routes to really get their feedback because they are the people at the end of the day using this system. Um, The trouble that we have at the moment with that is the huge operational pressures that the NHS is facing. We all know about it, but unfortunately what that means is a lot of the time the nurses cannot be pulled out to do anything other than direct clinical care because the operational pressures are just so huge. I don't know what the resolution for that is and I also don't want that to cause our nurses out on the wards to not have a voice because their voice is so important and I really want to get them up at the table 
people making those decisions with us. But the way that, the, unfortunately, the NHS is now can be challenging. My team try and work around that. We'll take ourselves to the departments. We'll work shoulder to shoulder with the nurses. We will help them in their clinical practice because we're all registered nurses too. We will do things to alleviate the clinical burden. So we'll help them with their patients while they go and do some testing for us. So we're getting creative with it. Um, and I think that might be the approach that we need to take moving forward. But I think it's absolutely critical that those nurses who are using the systems have a voice moving forward. That sounds like a really practical and pragmatic way of dealing with what is a really big operational challenge, as you describe. I guess if you don't find a way to resolve it or work with it, then what you end up is this sort of vicious circle of technology not quite working, which creates the inefficiencies, which in part contributes to nurses not being able to contribute. So you've got to sort of find a way of breaking the cycle. Um, in some sort of way I guess yeah but operational pressures throughout the NHS are absolutely unprecedented and and technology is often talked about as being part of the solution and it clearly can be but I would say only if it's done well and if it's done with people absolutely completely agree I think sometimes people will lean to digital and say oh is there a digital solution for this and I say I wish that there was a digital solution to replace the the five nurses on your department that you are short but unfortunately digital isn't the solution for those things and whereas it absolutely can fill the gaps I I agree with what you're saying it needs to be user-centered it needs to be efficient and it needs to do that kind of dream future state that I've got where things are automated where nurses are freed up to be at the bedside to do the care that they need to do and I think when the systems allow us to truly do that that's when we will see that transformation and we may have some solutions to that operational pressure but I think where things are right now I'm not sure that we can we can plug all the holes there's some that we can help with but not all of them unfortunately. I want to take you back to something you said right at the beginning of our conversation, which is the, the discussion you had with your CCIO, who said, you know, you, you're, you're, you're helping people in their individual lives through your clinical work, but you can help a bigger group of people when you're working in a, a strategic role, like a CNIO role. And I'd love to hear your reflections on what that's like as a shift, because I guess what you were saying is that you were used to working individually, seeing an impact for that individual patient that you worked with. And I know having worked in more corporate and strategic roles, you don't quite see the benefit or the direct impact immediately. Some of these things take time. They can be frustrating. You're having to work with lots of complexity where even if you can see your way to how you would like things to change, you just might not be able to achieve that change in the way that you'd hoped. So how have you on a a personal and professional level found that that tension so you've got it completely right frustrating is is a word that I would describe it as at times so I was used to clinically and particularly in my intensive care role and diabetes role I was used to instant gratification with my patients not all of them by any means but a lot of my patients got so much better so quickly and and they would thank me and I'd get cards and flowers and I absolutely loved it and so I was kind of used to that and this is 
an extremely different way of seeing benefits. And like you say, it's not as cut and dry. It's not as straightforward. It's a very, very, very wiggly road to get to where we need to be. And it takes time. You need to get people on side. You need to encourage them with the benefits. And like you say, even though so I can absolutely see the benefits of things, to get people to, to see the benefit too can be frustrating. But we have had several successes um, since I've been in, in post that have been big and to see those successes and to get the feedback from the staff I see although a lot of the focus of everything that we do is around patient safety I actually get a lot of personal satisfaction out of hearing positive stories from from the staff who'll come to me and say oh this new document that you put in I love it I can I can admit a patient so much faster but the the information that I'm receiving is so much better and to hear that back from nurses that is kind of that gives me that bit of gratification it's not the same but to see it on that widespread front it gives me a lot of job satisfaction I would say but it's not a straight road to get there and you sometimes you've got to stick with and when the chips are down I kind of see my role as well because I am a leader in my team I lead a team of nurses sometimes my job is to shoulder the negatives but to pull everybody together as a team and I actually get a lot out of that as well personally I I love being a team leader and to kind of pull people up when they're feeling down so yeah it's a slightly different way of of seeing benefits but but I do see them and when you do it's a very long build-up so it kind of feels a bit (laughs) like Christmas when, when we get something live and it goes well we're all kind of celebrating in, in, in the nerve center room we're so excited um but yeah we do see the benefits just a different way and it's important to celebrate the benefits because there's always another hurdle around the corner isn't there so just to be able yes. to pause and go, actually <laughs> we did that really well is um is a beautiful thing now listen you've touched on patients yeah. a few times but we haven't really talked about patient facing technology yet and we've talked about additional capabilities of nursing colleagues but um, I'd really be interested in your reflections on patient-facing digital technology and I know that the region you work in has quite a lot of deprivation. I spent some time in your trust and um, just from the conversations I was having with patients and my observations you've got quite an older population often as well. Where, Where are you at in terms of technology that enables patients to either self-manage or communicate with clinicians or or your trust more widely and where do you think you're at and where would you like to be so in the diabetes role I was in previously they, they were doing that quite well um, I think that is a one-off service though I would say in the things that they're doing so they're doing lots and lots of stuff that's because the patients are wearing tech um, and they have kind of two-way messaging with the, with the teams and so on there's all kinds of data that's being pulled out with the pumps and, and the monitors so that group of patients uh, are, are flying they're really well ahead and you are right it's a deprived area the average reading age um, of our local population is eight so everything that we educate our patients around needs to be delivered at that level um, so we do have lots of challenges but in my diabetes role those patients rose to that challenge and they, they did magnificently we have a project going live in the new year which is going to be a patient portal um, and I am really really excited about that that's going to allow our patients to view their upcoming appointments so outpatient appointments allow them to rearrange it without having to sit on the phone to a department on hold 
told and so on that can be quite frustrating so I'm excited for that they can also see their results um, so for patients with chronic conditions who, who take a, an active role in managing themselves they will have more of an insight into their own data and I think that's going to be quite transformative um, I'm starting to engage with patient user groups to get the patients to test the system which I am so excited about I've missed patients in the three years that I've been in this post I've not got to interact with patients very much so I'm very very excited to spend time with patients again um, so certain groups again the diabetes user group because they're going to be one of our early adopters and uh, rheumatology are another so we're more focusing on the long-term chronic disease management groups initially because we think those patients will get the greater benefit out of the, the patient portal. Um, so we're going to engage with those patient user groups, get them to play around on the system, give their feedback, let us know what they think. Um, so that's a really exciting project. But on the other side of that, we do not want to exclude any patients who choose not to use digital or can't for any reason. Um, so we always need to make sure that there's another way of delivering care that means those patients don't miss out I think from experience where I used to work um, we had a telephone line that patients would call and we would have dozens and dozens and dozens of calls a day on the voicemail we'd then need to go ring the patients back I'm hoping that the patient portal will alleviate a lot of that traffic so for the patients who choose not to do portal they'll actually be able to get through on the phone a lot quicker but you put your portal patients it's that kind of instant way of seeing things so on both sides hopefully improved experience for our patients and I'm just wondering whether what you said about how you've trained nurses or how you train nurses in using clinical systems, so thinking about in the context of their working lives, I wonder if there's something to learn there about how you work with patients and how you onboard patients, particularly those who might really benefit but might be less confident or a little bit nervous um, of using technology have you started to think about how you might help patients individually make the most out of those sorts of technologies and the patient portal in particular I think that's a really good idea to be fair I think the way that we're best presenting and engaging with the patients when we're getting their feedback is to put it into the context of their day-to-day life so what kind of devices would they usually use we've got quite a good offer in our local libraries around um digital deprivation so some of our libraries do support so we'll be able to signpost people to the library service if they're needing a loan of a device um, or if they need use supporting using a device so we've kind of got that in our back pocket if we need that additional advice but I guess it that's a really good point is to approach it in the same way as we have for our staff because how we teach our staff is we tend to do a simulation so we have a pretend patient and we talk about doing that pretend patient's observations and we follow through their care from admission to discharge so I would like to take that approach which is that you've got my brain thinking now <laughs> with the patient of let's do a scenario of you've got an appointment in clinic what is it you would like to see or you had an appointment two weeks ago now what would you like to do with the system what information do you want and what are you going to do with it and I think that that's a really good approach to, to put it in terms of their real life and what they want to get out of the system. Gosh, if you do that simulation, you'll have to come back on the podcast and um, talk about that because um, I'd be I'd be really Absolutely. curious to hear about that. Natalie, <laughs> I, could just, I, I could just hear the enthusiasm and your passion just as you talk about your your work and the amazing stuff that you're doing. Um, if you had to like uh, pick out one thing, like one small thing that would make a really big change, that would have a big impact that you think is within reach or you're really excited about or you'd like to see, what would it what would it be? 
I think that integration of systems, I think for me, the biggest win for nurses would be for them to document something once and for it to be shared many times. I think as you know, I was redeployed to work back on the wards during COVID for a time. I haven't been on the wards for a while and I was quite shocked by the amount of times I wrote the same thing again and again and again um and i think if if our digital systems can do anything and and something that i think is quite achievable in the short term it would be that document once and share many times i think that will make our nurses lives much easier and give them more time to care at the bedside and i think that's really why everybody goes into nursing and i think it is the fundamentals isn't it sometimes just the fundamentals of making life as easy as possible so that um nurses and other clinical colleagues can get get on with your work and not be hampered by the technology but actually have it just working seamlessly in the background and then you can get on with the stuff that you're trained for and that really counts absolutely completely agree Natalie thank you so much for your time it's been lovely to speak with you and um, I'm sure people listening are going to find it super interesting thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the digital ecology podcast Please like, subscribe and review via the usual channels. My book Towards a Digital Health Ecology is available via Amazon and you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Medium at Victoria Betton.